Welcome to another episode of Little Talks, your weekly dose of marketing news and insights from Littlefield Agency. Welcome back to not only our last episode of season two of Little Talks, but our second annual podcast with the one and the only Trent Guyer from Grasshopper. Trent, welcome. Insert, insert, there it is. Thank you for (laughs) setting up the curvy couch for me, too. I really like this. I think this is, I will tell you, um, last year we were in David Littlefield's office, which is now under construction. Trent, I think it's very fitting. To bring the grasshopper branded hard at. I love it. Knock some walls down. He gets gets my car and he just has it. It's wonderful. Um, But I look at last year's setup. I look at last year's audio. I look at last year's everything. And it was our inaugural but we've made some good strides in the last year. This is a little better. I mean, that point set is for God's I, ha- I, I have literally waited a year to apologize to you on air for the terrible production quality that Sam made me put you through. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds different. like there's people actually watching now, so that's we do. helpful. We had to up the game. We had nowhere yeah. to go but up, really. Because no, so, your mom uh, stopped watching. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trent was I mean, from it. our you know, seven listeners to so now a few hundred and sometimes the occasional thousand. So yep. if, if you're listening to us end of the year during your uh, holiday travels or as you wrap your, you know, your work week before 2024, thank you and thank you for being back. And um, we want to kick this off not only by welcoming Trent, but Trent, you've had a heck of a year. In the sense of the last 12 months, travel, work, um, just everything going on in Grasshopper. Walk us through that landscape because it's flown by. And yes. by flown, you've been on a lot of, you see what I did there? That's pretty good. What a segue. I, think, I think I broke a personal record for uh, air miles. Um, we've always participated in a lot of trade shows, and we find that's the best hands-on way for anything. Totally. And so I got to represent our company in South Africa and in the UK a couple times, as well as some domestic shows. So that was pretty incredible. Um, So to get to represent our company and our family is pretty special to me. And I didn't tell you this, but uh, this week it'd be the 20th anniversary of my grandfather, our co-founders passing. Oh my gosh. So it's Hmm. I, I think about that a lot, and he, wow. was, I, he was always like a hero to me. So. Oh, my gosh. And, he, and his picture is right outside my office, if you've seen that totally. in that hallway there. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, really 20, neat. 20 years. 20 years. And, I mean, what, what a, this, this year from South Africa to the United Kingdom a couple of times to domestic shows, is there one that stands out in particular? Did you love? It's I coming mean, to Tulsa this week, right? <laughs> it's a good show here. So uh, the, the, big uh, show, the big show for us is uh, in Louisville, Louisville. Louisville, L- Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> you, said, Louisville. you said it right. Louisville to the locals. E- Equip Expo in October, and that show was big, and then it dwindled, and it has grown again, and it has reinvigorated, and it's incredible. And oh the energy gosh. of that show is amazing. We, you know, if you measure it by inquiries, it was probably our best year ever this year. The interest has been incredible. The stand on draws lots of demonstrations. You know, people who want to ride it. It's been fantastic. Got us wow. a magazine cover. It, it uh, that person on the magazine cover bought a unit. Uh, they told us their story about how great it was to compare it to other brands, and oh just gosh. blew everything away. And they were they were sold on it. So that it was is, really neat. That, that is so neat. When you get to talk to those people, that's what makes your job rewarding. You know, we sit here and we try to build systems out or whatever. But when you talk to the real people, that's that's what makes it all work. That's amazing. Mm. And I had, you had not told me that story before. Yeah. I mean, that really is remarkable. And not only has Trent been all over the world domestically, internationally, um, you're making webinar appearances. You're down here in Tulsa on your podcast. And 
I think it's important for those that do actively listen to us a few weeks ago, we gave Trent a shout out because he did a phenomenal job on this master B2B uh, webinar. Um, walk us through some of your points and uh, just what you spoke about. And there were some really interesting, so many implications that we had our annual offsite yesterday um, and we had a large conversation about the future of e-commerce and what does that mean for B2B brands and our business as an agency. But I'd, I'd love for you to give a recap. That's a great uh webinar, if you and you can reach out to us and we'll get you a link for it. It's worth watching. And there were about five to seven predictions for 2024. Uh, we might speak on these yeah, a little no, bit, please, please. data being one of those. Uh, I was asked to speak specifically on Amazon because our company is doing, is doing that right now. And, and we do it for various reasons, mostly to reach the customer that we maybe can't normally reach through a dealership because of their drive time to a dealership yeah. or after hours or, or that sort of thing. So, I, so it was about how Amazon is maybe getting into the B2B space. And I spoke specifically on, and I gave an example, two examples. I said, let's look at the FXJ 7,000 and the FXJ 6,000. And if I have the FXJ 5,000, then it must be the same as those other ones. And so I can buy parts for it and it'll fit the same way. And that's where people find that's not the case. Uh, printed cartridges, you know, we think is a good <laughs> example that we're all, we can all rel uh, relate to. And so we have the most of our returns either come from that fitment issue. So that's where I come back to and say that's the big issue is fitment, but also um, just the returns and, and people buy for other brands that aren't there. So they think because mm, Grasshopper world. makes mower blades and my other colored mower needs mower blades, it's all the same. So we find that our returns usually come from those sit sort of situations. Um, and I also spoke to, and the example I gave in there is I said, oh, I couldn't sleep very well. I was, I was preparing for this webinar and I bought uh, a basketball goal that mounts in concrete. I bought a washer and dryer combo and I bought a dump trailer for my uh, yard uh, point b at three in the morning. Point being because I can. <laughs> you can. Mm -hmm. And what's great is I can return all that stuff. So the, the way that comes back to Fitment is that a, a company like ours likes to be able to reach those customers, but the reverse logistics of like maybe taking some of those big items mm. back gets pretty difficult. And so that's where fitment is important. You got to get your listings accurate, but also it still isn't nearly as good as a grasshopper dealer or any dealership of a product who knows that product firsthand and has the, a bit of that tribal knowledge mm. that we might speak on later too for, for selling those, those items. So that's a very, very good point. Um, the B2B brands that we work with, that we talk to on a new business, that you never want to remove the dealer from the situation. The dealer-customer relationship is so essential, right? And dealership, they have a, dealers have such an amazing knowledge, right, of your product and what's right for the customer, no matter what their needs are. As you took this plunge into, which, how many years have you been on Amazon now? Three. Three, Three years. complete full years, yeah. And, and Trent alluded to, from a trajectory standpoint, it's, it's just getting more and more because we sh continue to shift more in that e-com world. But as you made that move, it's not that you're cutting out the dealers. It's more convenience. I'm going to stop you. I wouldn't call Please. it move. I would call it addition or it. maybe even a gap fill. Love it. Okay. Not a move. No, I think that's, per I, that's, very, that's a good correction. Is you can, as you continue to see e-commerce go in that trajectory, but yet you're still loyal to your dealers. You're still working with your dealers. Talk to us the thought, the process to through that, because there's so many B2B brands. It's a conundrum, right? Like it's, it's tricky. 
Oh, we could go so many ways with oh that my conversation. Gosh. Yeah. I, I, my first thought when you said that was we were going to talk about personalization today because that's what we spoke on last year yes. in this your, my your prediction. 2023 prediction. Right. And he nailed it. <laughs> he really did. And you can thank AI maybe for what some of that personalization is now. But I really think the the initial, very first personalization would be dealerships in person, back to that tribal knowledge I, I mentioned a minute ago. That's real personalization where, hey, Bob, you I talked to you last week or, you know, you're here. I know, the, I know that you own a 725 grasshopper with a 61-inch deck. And I know that you like to collect, so I know you want this blade. And I know that for that deck, that's this part number. So let me go get that for you. Love it. That's personalization, the old school way, right? Totally. Right? Totally. Um, because you have to scale up in your business or because you're trying to be more places with maybe fewer resources, whether that's few, less labor or more products are out there and you just need to service all those people, then that's maybe where this Amazon has come in and reaches more people. Because that's really what we're selling. We're selling spare parts. Totally. To yeah. be a customer of ours on Amazon, you have to be a customer of, of ours off of Amazon. Absolutely. We don't sell whole goods. So that, that's probably a big difference there for us. What, what in, this is going to sound a little dumb. I'm the one that asks the dumb questions every <laughs> no, week. That's usually if me, buddy. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> um, obviously, it's, prob- it's the Internet's hugest marketplace. But was there something specific as a B2B brand that made you think, yeah, Amazon's a good lineup here. What kept you from kind of going another route and forcing folks to come through another system, like maybe your website or, or something else? What, what made Amazon kind of the attractive option there? Well, we are building out a website for e-commerce that we'll, we expect to launch maybe in about a year or so after some initial testing with our dealers. Awesome. We liked Amazon initially because stocking up an Amazon warehouse is sort of like stocking up a dealer. So mm-hmm. it wasn't as taxing on our warehouses to do a, a single skew order. Okay. It was more like putting together a stock order or a big bulk warehouse order. And so that's what got our attention first because we didn't know how could we handle that from a labor standpoint. And then from there, we've sort of migrated to doing those stock up the warehouse, but also shipping parts from from our warehouse uh, direct to the So it wasn't customer. just that like, well, everyone, when you're going to buy online, the first thing you think of is Amazon. It had like, it made sense. It made sense. Guys. Of course, you say that, and it is one of the biggest search engines, just like YouTube's yeah. a search engine. Yeah. So that's where everybody goes for everything yes. first. So one more thing on the in this webinar sense. They talked about the involvement of what they coined the CDO. Okay, What traditionally has been the chief digital officer is now the chief data officer. Data, data, whatever you, you know, prefer. GIF, GIF. GIF, GIF. Um, Trent, talk to us. In the sense of that's a great example of the personalization, human to human, right? What has data given you the ability to do in the sense of personalization? Your his prediction last year, and how has that? What has that looked like throughout twenty twenty three this year? And well, Ruth, you, you and Mike play a large part in mm-hmm. that. So we spoke last year specifically about we started at least with those dasher boards in, in NHL the, and how NHL. they were able to personalize. Um, ads, whether you were in Boston, you saw Duncan, whether you were in Vegas, you saw a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what we're seeing there now is being able to personalize uh, recommendations on a website. Historically, on a, on a web, you might see customers also bought this, and that was very generic to, they looked at the, the company's overall sales on their website. It was, had nothing to do with you or anybody else. It was just like, this is what we're seeing selling the most. 
So now we're seeing a lot more of that personalization. So the way we're using it, and we'll get to that in our parts website when we start selling yeah. in the next year or so, where we're really seeing it. So I spoke earlier about these trade shows and taking leads at trade shows has, has been really good for us, but cultivating those leads and maturing them in, through the funnel uh, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of resources, whether that's um, somebody at a dealership to follow up, somebody at our at our office to coordinate that with our sales rep and the dealer to remind them to, to do that. So we've been using HubSpot that you and Mike have been building out so much so we can let those leads mature in the system. And by the time they're getting delivered to a dealer now, we can just about guarantee that this is one worth calling. Mm -hmm. Maybe before we used to call all of them and find that 10% were worth, well, very few would answer the phone. 10% would actually maybe be worth talking to. Seriously. And and that's your, as you talk about personalization moving forward for like those parts, I mean, that's where that data, that personalized data is going to come from is being stored up there. So you're ahead of the game. It's not like, hey, we want to do this next month. Well, great. Do you have the data? You've been doing it for a while. Right. And the great thing about data is the power to analyze that data. Yeah. And that's where we're, in our right office, point. we're trying to do a lot more digitization. You know, we, we used to... We, paperwork in the truest sense. Everything was on yes. paper. Yeah. And so whether a dealer would file a sales claim with us or, or whatever, that was all done on paper with all the backup invoice and all those things. So that's now being provided to us digitally. So you're spending less time maybe transferring data to a spreadsheet or something because you can bring it in automatically. So now instead of retyping, you're actually able to analyze it and maybe forecast better. So that's what the beautiful thing about good I, I, data. I, I think data Mike, and good and Mike good. and I have a couple of projects that are helping with that too. Yeah. Well, and just it's fun. It's fun the, to work on the efficiencies, the the time saved. I mean, it's it's remarkable understanding certain triggers, user interactions. Like you said, that ten percent that's ready to buy, but the ninety percent that's not. But you don't have a bunch of people calling. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it really is. It's amazing, and there's that personalized aspect. So here's a great comparison. So we would run on national TV, cable TV, and we would, the, before that, in the days before that, you might get a call here and another call later or whatever. So you could do a one-to-one -one ratio really easy. But we would run a, a national key TV spot and we'd get flooded with calls all at once. So we'd know when that spot ran. Problem is when you only have your five or six people available to take calls and you've got 50 to 60 yeah. people calling, how do you do that? And they all go to a voicemail and you try to call them back, but you had them captive for that moment. You may never get them back. With HubSpot or any lead generation that's digitized, they could they all come in at the same time. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And then they can all marinate at the same time and they can all be, <laughs> move through the funnel at different times and yes. become a, pro, a, a qualified prospect and then a customer. That's such a, that's such a good example. I mean, it really is. It's unbelievable. And it only, I mean, so we look at the last year trend from your, your travels to webinars to personal and professional and AI, right? We talk about just the power of technology. AI is, we, we, right before we went on air here, we talked about artificial intelligence. It's, it's not new. It's, it's been around for a long time. And so your thoughts just in the world of marketing and, and what it does to you, any thoughts there or just approaches, differences, I mean. I think there's a difference, at least in my mind, between AI and artificial intelligence. Love it. 
I think these days, we, everybody says AI. Chat GPT Every, is AI. Yes. All these other things are AI, and AI is going to either kill us or help us be good in the world. I don't know. Somewhere in between is where we hope to land, I suppose. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> or actually just be on the good side, yes. I suppose. But I think a lot, the, the artificial intelligence part, I think, has been around a long time. And I, and I boil that down real simply to even maybe running a macro or a shortcut on mm -hmm. your keyboard. That's a bit of an artificial intelligence yeah. where you're artificially using something that's recorded that's or smart. How do I think that fits in? Uh, I, I think you, so many ways. You can write copy quicker, uh, whether that's, uh, we're seeing it in e-commerce a lot where you can write your descriptions a lot faster. You can pull together maybe your yep. fitment stuff. So here's a perfect real world example I just used last week. So I've got more parts that I want to add to, to Amazon or also get ready for our, our main website that we're going to launch. And I, and the way we have fitment currently listed to put that together and say a spreadsheet is pretty antiquated. I have to look at down the list and okay, the first year I saw that was here and the last year was here. And so put together as a range. I used chat GPT and I helped write a formula that looks at all of that. And I could have never written it, but I told what I wanted to do and it kicked it out exactly. And so that saved me so much time. So now I can turn that over to someone who's less maybe familiar with our product in our office and can just pull that, who's a very organized person, but just doesn't know the product necessarily. Yeah. can pull all that data and put it together and help write fitment. That is awesome. And there's there's so many people that aren't doing that. I mean, the efficiencies, it's it's incredible. Good for you. When I was in your office last uh, month ago, you showed me some cool stuff and how you're just, at certain times, it's pulling certain data. And so, I mean, you're writing and We're, instructing. And so, I mean, it was really so neat. So you're, you're a coder now. You do code. I guess so. Hell yeah, yeah. he is. He yeah. showed Brock and I, and Brock and I were like, oh my gosh, this is phenomenal. I was talking to a coder, some people we do some website work with, and they said we were pulling our hair out over a particular project, and we were, the code was, you know, really long, and we wrote three sentences on chat GPT, and it kicked out code this long that did the exact <laughs> same thing we needed to do that we could have never figured out. <laughs> It's just amazing that it's right. It's just amazing that it's world. tapping into all of this knowledge that's out there. Um, so we're we're playing around with some chat GPT type technology for helping service our customers once they've they're post purchase. So we get a lot of service calls and people have some questions, you know, and, and many times it's a unique to their model sort of thing that you need to speak to a, a, a real person. Yep. With tribal knowledge, there you go. all that knowledge. That's what you know. That's what the industry calls out, having that knowledge up here, not necessarily written down, not necessarily cataloged somewhere, but we have a lot of in different instruction PDFs or Word docs or whatever. We have some of these instructions written down, different things. And so I use chat to a service that specifically uses chat. So I'm paying a monthly service for it. And it goes and it catalogs all of that and allows me to create a chat bot on my site. That's like a search you have a customized knowledge base. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. And then it only looks at my data and doesn't go out. I could tell it that if I can't find it here, it'd go somewhere else. But it also cites where it found it, so it has some credibility to it. That's, that's to me, the next evolution of AI in 2024 is the credibility layer. Why yes. did you return this? Yes. Where did you get this information? And more transparency with that. I, I think that's probably what... Keeps, that keeps AI in the in the discussion. Next okay, year. so write that down. I, I was going to say, right? We're, we've got that noted. Um, look at you! You're throwing out predictions. Eh, I've got a couple. So here's the thing: um, you look at a, a year ago in the space we were in and the audio quality, which we apologize. Good lord! Beat we, me over we, the head with we, it. We, we talk about the ever evolving, fast changing pace of this industry that the three of us sign up for every day. 
in the B2B world and the agency life and et, et cetera. Last year, we were not talking about ChatGPT at this time. It was around, of it. but I had not heard of it until January. And it's funny, if we had done the podcast three weeks later, we'd be like, hi, holy cow, what are your thoughts on this? Trent, as we look into 2024, what's your bet? What, what are we looking at? I still think it comes back to a little bit to what we said earlier. Quality data is so important. I couldn't agree more. Because that old adage, bad data in, bad data out, yeah. is so true. And you know, if you feed it garbage, you're going to get garbage. You're not going to be able to analyze you ain't going to be able to do anything. You have no, you said credibility. That's a big one right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where it's going to go. Well, and you, you bring up a, it's, it's perfect and timely because this cookie list world that we're about to be in. It's here. It's, it's here. happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. We, we see, we have more and more conversations about it. And, and here's the thing, the, the B2B companies that we see out there and they come to us and they're sitting on data that they don't know whether it's good or bad, right? It's a lot that we see this a lot that, I mean, it's amazing what you guys have done over the years in cultivating great data. And there's always opportunities to do that more, which is what you guys are doing every day. But um, to leverage good data, to build on that, it's, it is easier said than done, in my opinion. And for you to be looking ahead of that, for you guys to be doing what you and Mike have been doing over the last year, I mean, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Because yeah. like you said, we're living in this world, and, and if you don't have it, how in the world are you going to personalize and customize that message to your target audience. Right, and I'd say the great thing for us is we're getting buy-in from all the parties involved in our company. And I, you need that awesome. for any of this to awesome. work. Mm-hmm. Whether that's your, if you want to call it your C-suite, you know, or yeah, your VPs, no, for sure. whatever. Your frontline people are using this every day. They have to buy in because it is a culture shift from what they are used to doing. Wow. And when they realize, and I could speak to a specific project we recently did, and we had some people who were like, well, I've done it this way for a long time. I know this works. You're coming along and you're, and you're doing this, and that's going to save time. I, I don't buy it. All right. I want to buy it, but I don't believe it yet because I'm really nervous this could yeah. release. And you could either, it, it could either save us months or it could push us way back months. Mm-hmm. And it worked out great. And wow. so we have believers now on it. And so I think we'll be able to just start saving a lot more time. So you can either do more or do more more with less yes you know no it's so true we had a big uh, topic of conversation yesterday adaptability the ability to adapt in that in those situations and it's taken a little bit of a leap right could do this it could be but that's i mean that's amazing kudos to you roop any other predictions you have oh related to marketing or in general about construction will it get done in 2024 (laughs) okay i'm glad you you said this trent um no i don't think we're done before february 15th you going Feb 15? I'm going Feb 15. I'll take the under. If I lose, I'll buy you dinner. I, th- I should have got a dinner this year anyhow. Yeah, you do. You do. That, that's <laughs> not me. Do yeah, we you, get steak you, if you we get 2,000 viewers? You were really excited about this. <laughs> that's to right. Off we the are, year with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you definitely get steak tonight, too. I mean, just being down here. I mean, it, it, by the way, Trent, four hours down. Three hours in a gas Three car. Hours in four a hours, gas hours in a Tesla. Hours in a Tesla. Yep. Tesla. Yep. Um, you have worked for your steak tonight. Um, we have a great night ahead. We were lucky we got to see Chelsea Clement over lunch. And uh, you lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, I've seen her a couple times while she's been out. But, yeah, I miss her. I miss it, it's, it's good. Um, Trent and I have dinner with Chelsea. And uh, Denny is kind enough to not only come with us, but he's taking tomorrow off. So we're going to have a fabulous evening. Um, I got it. Have you missed Chelsea in the I last couple months? I have Chelsea, and, and she has earned this evening. It's she has being a mom of three. Yes, is quite a feat. Yes, I am married to one of those. Uh, that, that's right, and it is 
They are special. No doubt. And we'll probably talk some baseball, too. With Danny, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I'm a little uncomfortable with this Chelsea love fest that's going on. So, so we let's, should probably let's tap it down. Should, should we tap it down? Yeah, tap it down a little bit. Um, Trent, thank you. This is awesome. Our second annual. The third will be here before we know it. Um, for those listeners that have stuck around with us for another year, this is the end of season two, and we can't wait until season three to wrap it with Trent from Grasshopper. We're very fortunate. We're very lucky. Um, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays from the agency. We'll see you the first week in January. And we will see you the first week in January. Brenda, take it away. Brenda, we'll see you. Adios. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. We hope you've enjoyed our little chat and found ways to grow your own marketing strategies. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at Littlefield Agency.